This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Joined this week by longtime CBS Sports Director in Austin at KITV, the one and only Bob Baloo. Bob, how are you doing? Chip, I'm wonderful. Is Taylor mad at me? No, she's not mad at you. <laughs> Didn't you give her an internship way back in the day? Yeah, but she's not here. Where's Taylor? Well, she's. I think she's preparing for Big 12 football media days. I love it. And so she said, you know, I know you can handle this one, Chip. <laughs> and so, it. so it's you it. and me, my friend. Let's, man, let's do this. I'm, you know, I was thinking about this because uh, seeing people in person is going to be really fun this week. I mean, I know we like to see some of the Oklahoma media and Kansas media and other parts of Texas media and that kind of stuff. But like, you know, even getting to see the Texas media is going to be a pretty big deal because the only chance we've had to see each other was at the spring game and everybody was kind of working away and not really had a chance, good chance to catch up. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just thrilled to be heading to Arlington on Wednesday and have a chance to um, it certainly to talk a little football and, and hear from some of these guys, but really just to catch up with everybody and see how everybody's doing. Cause it's been way too long in person. Yeah. So for those who are listening, who will pull back the curtain a little bit, big 12 football media days is kind of like a convention for media members. I mean, in addition to all the interviews that we'll do with the coaches and the players, it's a bit of a convention for media members to get together at least once a year and kind of see how they're doing and compare notes and what's this coach like and what's that athletic director really like. And, and it is, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. It's fun. It's a, it's a chance to catch up and, and in our industry, in addition to, you know, gathering information for the football season, is that fair? Absolutely. Um, we will learn very little which is the, the best part of it. I think that's the, the, always the fun of this. I, I um, it's just, it's so many cliches and we feel confident, you know, Kansas is confident about this year. <laughs> they're confident. They, and, they feel like this is the next step and they're ready to move forward as a program. And uh, we're going to hear that from a lot of people. So, and um, Oklahoma's not even bringing their Heisman candidate uh, quarterback. <laughs> It's so funny because I look at, you know, I was so in my mind, I'm trying to when they when they announced that Jeremiah Hall is coming and not Spencer Rattler, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, OK, you know, Spencer Sanders is coming. Uh, Letty Brown's coming from West Virginia. Max, Max Duggan will be there from TCU. Brees Hall will be there from Iowa State. It's all the best offensive players for each team. Uh, Sark's bringing B. John Robinson, who is a sophomore. And right. that's you remember back in the Mac days, that was unheard of. I, I was. I was looking at, I was just kind of going through the depth chart at Texas 
to think if in, in just this situation, if Mac was still a coach here, he got to bring one offensive player. What senior would he bring? And it's tough. I mean, is, is it Kerstetter? Probably because his story is going to be pretty good. Is it Cade Brewer? Is it like your options are very limited on offense to bring a senior. And so when, I mean, obviously Sark wasn't going to bring a quarterback because that competition, as you know, Chip, that competition is ongoing. Um, but but he had to bring somebody. And I, it, it would, I would guess it came down to probably like Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore maybe, and Bijan. And I think he just knows Bijan's going to take on a lot of this media hype throughout the year. There's so much around him already. I mean, why not bring him? I don't think it's something Mac Brown would have done because Mac was always trying to get the senior there. So when I was thinking to myself, okay, so who's – maybe that's why Lincoln did it. Lincoln wanted to bring the senior that deserved the spotlight or whatever. Spencer's going to get the spotlight all, all throughout, whatever. But then on defense, he brings a junior. So that can't be it. So I don't know. I, I thought it was a very – it's a very interesting decision by Lincoln Riley. Um, it's not like it's that big a deal, but we need to find a storyline going into it. I guess that's one of them uh, for day one is, you know, first question out of the gate's got to be Lincoln. Why – why didn't you bring Spencer? Right. Um, and maybe he'll say it's because there's an ongoing co- quarterback competition. I mean, that's, that's what he said. Last, isn't that what he said last year? Was it last year or two years ago? It was it, maybe right. it was Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray. It was one of those guys. And he was like, yeah, they're, you know, that competition's ongoing. It's like, oh, he's right. not going to start really. Yeah. Okay, it was like between it. Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. That's <laughs> right. It was, it was, that's right. <laughs> transferring to West Virginia. But oh, yeah. Man. And everyone was like, oh, okay. Uh, sure. Okay. okay Lincoln. We believe you. Kyler Murray won um, Heisman and went number one. Yeah. <laughs> but he almost got yeah. beat out by Austin Kendall. That's right. So almost. So yeah, I mean, but that's the fun part of this is just, you know, we we always have a good time, you know, when you get the one-on-one situation with a guy or in a little bit of a smaller group, you can ask him a little bit more, you know, pressing questions or even fun questions to give them, you know, a little time to have some fun while with it while they're there. And um, you know, Anthony. Geronimo forever was the king of that. And we're going to miss him being there this year, but, um, and but yeah, it's a, yeah, I know, but it's a, it, that's, he would always put together what he called the woolly bully. And while we were working on some of our stories, he would run around, you know, the last minutes to those guys and ask them questions about, you know, random, like it, what, what restaurant is your favorite restaurant in, in Ames or, you know, what, what movie as a kid would you want to watch again or what? I mean, he had, he had them all up his sleeve. So, and he would have had a blast with it this year because of the name, image, and likeness. I can, I, he would have gone crazy with what, what sponsors do you want? Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's the whole thing in general is just a, it's a fun couple days to get yourself kind of excited about the year. We're still a month and a half out. Um, but it does give you a chance if you do have some, some questions for some of these guys that, that you do want to know a little bit more about, or, uh, you know, the head coaches don't give a lot away, but, but some of the guys will. And, um, you know, it's not like we'll get to talk to Brees Hall one-on-one um, throughout the season. So it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to find out what, you know, the Big 12's best running back uh, kind of brings to the table. Yeah, I always find at Big 12 Media Days, you can, you can if you kind of pick through the opening comments and get into some of the questions, you can tell which coaches really like their team. Like I remember – when Matt Rule said, we expect to be contending for the Big 12 title in November. And they did. They went yeah. 11 and one in the regular season. And, and 
you know, you can pick up on some of this stuff. You can pick up on when a coach feels really good about his team. I think Gary Patterson feels good about his team this year. And coaches um, say that, right? I mean, you're going to hear stuff like that from coaches, but if you listen to what's going on around it, it really does give you a better sense of why. Like, you know, we have a really experienced offensive line that's played well, and we had a you know a thousand yard rusher last year, and we feel like we can really dominate the line of scrimmage. Stuff like that, as opposed to just, yeah, we're really getting our footing, right? You know, or we we have an opportunity to be better. Like, you can you can really tell. I don't think Matt Wells may say they want to compete. I don't know that they're going to compete for the Big Twelve title this year. Right. Um, so that's what that's I, I like that. I like the way you put that because you really if you really do a deeper dive, you can hear which ones of these coaches really like their team. Yeah. And we'll be listening to, you know, Sark and what see if we can pick up on little clues about what he feels good about. If yeah. you're if you're talk, talking to Bob Ballou, obviously a uh, longtime sports director at the CBS uh, Austin affiliate KITV. And Bob, if. Um, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, what what do you feel good about? What do you feel good about with regard to this Texas Longhorn football team? I feel really good about Bijan Robinson. Yeah. How'd I do? Yeah. Did I do well? 8.2 um, yards of carry. <laughs> I like that. I do. I, I feel good about Bijan. I feel good about um, Jordan Whittington as a – uh, a possible, uh, I don't know. I just don't know how to put it with him because he just, he hasn't been there consistently. Right. I mean, he, we've seen it. I mean, OU last year, he has 10 catches and we, we see the potential for him to do big things. Um, he has to stay healthy. Uh, and so does Bijan. I, th- I, you know, Bijan's health to me is where I, I think the offense kind of hinges on that. And that's not a knock on Roshan Johnson. That's a, um, that's how good B. John Robinson is. And I think people get that. Um, you, you know, you look at Hudson and Casey and, and what that battle is going to be. And, and again, we've probably, you, you know, you've probably talked this into the ground over and over again, but if Casey Thompson starts against Louisiana, that doesn't mean Casey Thompson is going to start against Arkansas or OU or Kansas state or anybody else the rest of the year. I, I think that battle and, and maybe Sark's a guy that wants to pick a guy and go with him until he can't go with him anymore, which is fine. But I just don't – I don't think that's going to be the defining moment is Casey Thompson won the battle in the fall. Casey Thompson's the guy for 14 games. Um, I, I think that battle will continue to, to go um, just because of how, how good that competition really probably is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think my, my thing – you know, you asked what I like. I mean, that's, that's probably what I like most is Bijan, Jordan Whittington. You know, Joshua Moore showed, showed signs offensively defensively, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like, I like what they have up front. Um, I, I love, you know, Keandre Coburn, I think is, uh, you know, they, they've got enough guys they can rotate in there to, to really make an impact, not just to be kind of hold the, hold the fort down up front. But I mean, they've got guys that can make a real impact with Morrow and Alfred Collins and Tavondre and Jacoby and Keandre. I mean, all, everybody up front is going to get an opportunity to really make an impact this year. And I think they can do that. I think you look behind them and certainly the secondary has experience, but is it good experience? Are those guys going to really take that step forward that they need to? And then what is going to happen at linebacker? I mean, I, I think that's, you know, everybody kind of looks at that position and goes, is it going to be good? Is, is it going to be stable? Is it going to be, um, 
a position of weakness on defense? I don't think anybody knows right now. It's kind of the same with the offensive line. Like you just don't know. Um, you don't know how Sark is going to attack this uh, across the board. And so until we see that, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and that's to me, that's the fun part of going into this year. Um, we don't know. We don't know what Sark's going to look like as a head coach at Texas. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. We do, and we won't know until Louisiana really. And then beyond that, just the way it evolves. And I, and I, and I think everybody wants the 10 win season and they want it to be great. And they want, but I, I just feel like patience in year one is critical. Now, if you want to get upset a little more in year two, okay, I get it. But I just think in year one with any coach, you can't just assume things are going to be one thing or another. He's going to be terrible. He's going to be average. He's going to be great. We, I, I just think he has to ha- – you have to give him a chance to evolve. And it was the same with Tom Herman. I felt the same way with Tom Herman. You know, they lost to Maryland, and I think everybody was kind of stunned. But you never really – I think we saw by the end of year two, by the end of year three, where this was going. Whereas I just don't – in year one, you just don't know. And I think you've got to give him that opportunity to lay out his foundation of his program. Now, he, he needs to make an impact. I'm not saying he doesn't. They can't go four and eight. But, like, you just need to give him a little time to get things in, in order the way he wants it. We'll take a uh, we'll take a quick break here with Bob Ballou, longtime sports director in Austin for the CBS affiliate KI. Um, when we come back, I'll ask Bob where – where, where, where did Texas go wrong here in football in the last 10 years since, since Mac Brown left in, uh, in 2013, even a little bit before that, but uh, stay with us. We'll be right back here on the flagship podcast with Bob Ballou. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back now with Bob Ballou here on the flagship podcast and where, where, where's Texas been? What, what's been the problem? Why hasn't, why has Texas been through four different football coaches um, in the last seven years? And what, what's going on here? Well, that's, you know, that's a good question, especially in the sense that even Sam Ellinger, when, when he was asked that question said, you know, that's the million dollar question and we're, we're trying to figure it out and they haven't figured it out. Um, I mean, obviously, you could start back in at the end of the 2009 season when Colt got hurt and Matt got stubborn with the offense and things just dramatically changed in 2010 and they went five and seven. And look, I don't know that Garrett Gilbert would have ever um, been the quarterback they thought he would be had 
had Mac not wanted to run the ball so badly um, going into 2010 and just kind of tried to shove that down people's throat. Um, and I, you know, if David Ash stays healthy, maybe things are a little different. I don't know that we'll ever know that. I, I think that was a, the quarterback revolving door at quarterback was a huge issue. They, I mean, maybe David Ash was the guy that, that picked it up after, after Garrett Gilbert left, but he couldn't stay healthy. Um, and then when Charlie got here, it just never went well. Um, from day one, things were never in his favor. Steve Patterson was not the guy to lead this athletic department. Charlie was not the guy to lead the football program. Um, not that, and, and again, I'm, I, I still go back to not that it would have ever worked with Charlie, but he was not given the advantages that Tom Herman and Steve Sarkeesian were given. Yeah. Um, that's not to say it would have worked or it wouldn't have worked, but um, that was always an issue that I had in the, on that front. And then, you know, they just, they tried to stabilize things. And when, when the Tom, when the Tom Herman thing happened, I don't know that there were a ton of people. Now there are probably people who will go back and say, I was totally against this hire, but Tom Herman had really made an impression. He was 22 and four. It wasn't just 22 and four at a, you know, at the, in the AAC, it was 22 and four and they were beating Oklahoma and they were beating Florida state. And they were, they were showing signs that that was stuff that could happen. Um, it, it didn't materialize here. There are a lot of reasons for that. I, I think one thing that always hangs over this program is the arrogance, uh, the uh, taking things for granted with players that get into the program and just feel like I'm at Texas. And sometimes you lose that kind of blue collar, hard work mentality. Um, it's not to say guys don't work hard and they don't, you know, I mean, with everything they go through to go to class and do everything that they do to be college athletes, there's, I'm never trying to diminish what a college athlete does, but, um, because they all work very, very hard uh, at, at it's a very difficult position that a lot of them are in to work from. It's a job. I mean, they work from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. pretty much year round trying to trying to make you know things great. And they never did. And it, it's that goes to coaching. It goes to players. It goes to recruits. It goes to everything. But um, it's just been a struggle. Now, you can look to just about every program in America and look through their history and see that they've had down times. They've gone through 10, 15 years of without success. Um, obviously, right now, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma all have it pretty well figured out. Um, beyond that, it's you know, it's it's not really consistent with any other program across the country. So that's what they're trying to find is the consistency. And um, there have been a lot of issues from the top down, from the athletic department down. Um, for the last 10 years. And I think having a stable athletic director that is really pushing the right things and pressing the right buttons like they do in Chris Del Conte. And then again, I go back to this. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough, Chip, and I'm, I could ramble on about this forever, but we don't know with Steve Sarkeesian as, as happy as everyone is with him right now. Right. There's no, there's there. We don't know. There's not the hype that there normally is with a program when a coach comes in. There's not the hype there was with Charlie. There's not the hype there was with Tom Herman. There's just not because I think Texas fans are finally being like, we just haven't done this in such a long time. Like, let's let's just take a beat and let it kind of grow. But what, you know, I this is the one thing I go back to, and this is not like a, it's not going to work here or it's not going to whatever. Um, Steve Sarkeesian's best season as a head coach was nine and four at USC. He won eight games at Washington once. He won seven three times, and he won five once. 
So there's no automatic. Just because he went to Alabama, just because he's done all these things, there's no automatic. And that's why I keep saying, number one, you've got to let Sark grow back into the head coaching role. You've got to give him that time to, to feel that again. And I don't mean four years, but you have to give him a little time to grow back into a role as a head coach and then prove that he can do it because he really hasn't proven that he can be an elite head coach in college football. Um, and what he's gone through to get back to where he is, I think, makes him appreciate it a lot more. Um, but now he has to go prove it. And that's that's something that I think a lot of people don't maybe understand is that it hasn't happened before with him. So now he has to go prove that it can happen. Yeah. I like, I like his staff, but you're right. Yeah. You know, um, you've got to, you got to show that you can do it year in year out and contend. And, you know, I think Texas should be in the big 12 title race every year. Correct. I'm not saying they should win it every year, but they should be in it every year in November. Oklahoma's and, in it every year. Right. Right. And that's, that's where Texas needs to start residing. And Steve Sarkeesian's one of the best offensive play callers. It's going to be fun to see him go against Lincoln Riley, who's maybe the best in college football right now. Now, granted, Sarkeesian is coming off a unbelievable year where he had three Heisman finalists. Right. <laughs> and Can we talk about the talent he had too. I mean, oh, yeah. He's got to get there. The talent isn't in Texas right now that it's in Alabama. You got to get right. there too. Right. And in that people have to adjust their mindset on that because he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have Devontae Smith, Tajay <laughs> Harris, and uh and Mac Jones. Maybe he does in in either Casey Thompson or Hudson Card, but it's going to take a minute. Right. Uh, for those guys to get really comfortable in the offense. All right. Let me ask you this talking to Bob Ballou, Um, You know, we kind of previewed the uh, big 12 football media days, but you know, unbelievable year for Texas in athletics, they win the director's cup um, and win three national championships, 13 top 10 finishes and men's basketball makes a coaching change. And Chris Beard has now brought in, uh, some of the top transfers available this offseason, uh, Trey Mitchell, Dylan DeZue, Christian Bishop from Creighton, uh, Timmy Allen from Utah, who I love. And, you know, you've got, um, you know, some returning talent, especially at the guard position. Chris Beard's going to open the season, Bob, as possibly a preseason top five team maybe even top three. <laughs> it's crazy. And you're, you know, you went to Missouri, a basketball school, although football's, you know, picked up. Um, but what do you think about what's going on with Chris Beard, the, the, uh, the Pied Piper of the portal? Yeah. And, and college basketball is very different than college football. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways Remake now, it's certainly changing. It's certainly changing with the transfer portal, obviously. Um, but you can do that in a year. You can, you can get a guy that's a one and done and change your program, you know, that, that quickly. Um, I, I love the start. I think the thing I love more than anything is his, the work that he's doing to be everywhere, to get the team to buy into what he's trying to do by buying into Texas athletics. He was at the, Texas baseball 
um, when they left to go to Omaha, he and his coaching staff were there. They were at the like celebration. There were like a hundred people there and he was there. Ogden was there. His guys were there. And that's what he's trying to do is this whole unite Texas basketball. They're having the Abe lemons classic. I don't know that you could go about this in a better way. I mean, I really don't. I, whether this works or not, um, the, the best thing you can do is engulf yourself in the history of Texas basketball, engulf yourself in the campus, show everybody you're, you're around and you're here and you're, you're the ones that's going to change this thing around. I think the biggest thing that I will say about Chris Beard, um, just again, we're going off, you know, this, this goes back to like the, the one word. If, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you this question and see if it's the same word. Is there one word that everybody's used to you about Steve Sarkeesian? One word? If you had to say one word that the, like the majority of the people have said to you, is there a word? Because I've got one that literally everyone says to me. About Sark? Yeah. Relentless? He's genuine. Genuine. I would say I hear genuine on Beard. I love relentless. I, but everybody says that about Sark. Now, how much of that is that Tom Herman wasn't genuine and everybody's just excited to have someone who's actually like a normal, yeah. will talk to you and have a normal conversation and you're not, you don't feel like you, you know, he's trying to make you dumber than him or he's, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get into Herman. I'm just saying like, everybody says Sark is a very genuine person. Yeah. When it comes to Chris Beard, I, I love relentless for him. The one thing that I, I had a former player of his tell me this, he told me what the one thing he'll do that a lot of coaches can't do is he will get every player on that team to play as hard as they can possibly play all the time. And so much, I mean, that's so much of what this sport is, right? I mean, it's, you, you, you got to give everything you have. It's, it's the Brock Cunningham thought or mentality or whatever you want to call it. That's why he loved Brock Cunningham so much when he was at Texas tech. Um, and even said in a press conference, if, if Brock has a twin, have him call 806, you know, 945, whatever. I, I mean, he, he loved him, but that's why, because he gets the most out of his players. Now, what that translates to, we'll see, but what this player, this former player told me basically was that he, it's a lot of work to be a college athlete. We were talking earlier. It's a lot of work. So 6 a.m. to whatever time at night, like it's a lot of basketball. He makes you love it. Because a lot of times it becomes a job or it becomes like, man, I got to go to practice. I still got to do X, Y, and Z in my life and whatever. Chris finds a way to make you love it. And I think those, those two hires fall in line with what Chris Del Conte is trying to produce at Texas, which is one of the first things that he brought about when he was hired as athletic director. And one of the, when we talked to him the first few times, he wanted everyone to understand he wanted real people to do the job. And I think that's what, as much as Sark and Beard are, are good hires in terms of what you think they're going to be, so much of that is how genuine they are as people. And I think when you get genuine people, you, you can start to produce genuine college athletes who care about their game, who want to perfect their craft and want to be really good at what they do. So um, I think those are the, those are the biggest positives because again, you can't, you can't talk about what is going to happen because no one knows. But what we can see is the, the product that they're building and how they're going about building it. And that's the, the biggest thing to me with Sark and Beard. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. Um, and Bob will, uh, you know, a little bit about you for the folks who've, you know, been watching you on television for how many years now have you been in the Austin market? I'm about to start my uh, 15th year. 
15th year. I arrived in 2007, right before uh, the, that 20, 2007 season that culminated my first year covering Texas football culminated with the Chris Jesse moment. So that's oh, how my, that's kind of how I started my nice, my career here in Austin. I, I started right before the years that, that see, I got here in August. So, so tell the people whose posters were up in your room as a boy and you grew up oh, man. In, in the Dallas area. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I, all, I, listen, if you grew up in a city that's like that, I mean, all four of those teams were my favorite teams growing up. So, you know, Aikman and Emmett and, and Michael Irvin um, were, you know, obviously I grew up a huge Cowboys fan, uh, Nolan, uh, you can't beat Nolan Ryan. Um, although I can, we could go through all the eighties Rangers rosters and have a really funny time with that. Um, but you know, I mean, you were in Dallas, you knew you, you were at the Dallas morning news, you know how that city is when it comes to their teams. And yep. um, I love the Mavericks growing up. Um, you know, obviously Dirk became uh, everything that if you're a Mavericks fan, he became everything, but I was growing up in the era of Mark Aguirre and Rolando Blackman and Sam Perkins and Brad Davis and Derek Harper. So, I mean, that was, that was what I grew up with um, and became a stars fan once they got the team, obviously, and really engulfed myself in that. So those were my teams. And I grew up bleeding burn orange. My parents went to Texas. I went to every Texas OU game from 1984 on. Um, but when it came down to where to go to college, I wanted to do broadcast journalism. And, and I had a bunch of people tell me, if you want to do broadcast journalism, go to Missouri. And I, you know, I would have never in my life thought I'd go to Missouri, but ended up there. Even when I came down to Texas, I, I toured the school at Texas and whoever was there that day said, if you want to do broadcast journalism, go to Missouri. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, I want to go to Texas. So anyway, I went to Mizzou and loved it and um, spent another four years there and then went to San Antonio for three and did weekends in San Antonio and covered two Spurs titles while I was there in 05 and 07 and then made my way to Austin. So um, it's it's a uh, I mean, obviously, we've grown to love the Austin market. I'm, I'm married with two beautiful daughters uh, who are three and a half and almost 11 months. So we're in the grind, uh, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's a good grind. It's the, um, you know, they, it doesn't get better than, than seeing your kids smile. And, you know, when you come home, they come running to you or crawling to you in the case of my, my 11 month old. And, um, it's just a blast. So that's, there's, there's me in a nutshell, Chip. Well, I will, I will tell you the same thing that Rick Barnes told me, which is enjoy every minute with your kids because they don't call you daddy for very long. <laughs> so savor oh, it, great. love it. Yeah. Every little moment. It's fantastic. I've got an 18 year old now heading off to college this fall. Unbelievable. And it, well, it, that's, I mean, Chip, that's I, the perfect, I, like, like when I got here in 07 and then, you know, we, we started hanging out a little bit, uh, you know, a couple of years after that. I mean, Tiger was, a peanut five. He was sick. I mean, I'm right. like, what do you mean? He's going to college. I, I I've done that with a lot of my friends. I um, know it's I know. crazy how fast that happens. It really is. So, so enjoy. Pretty it, awesome. Friend. Well, with that, I will let you get back to your day job, but thanks for, you know, shooting the, the stuff, talking horns, talking big 12 football media days and talking maybe a little patience for Texas fans in terms of letting Sark grow into this, because it it is a tough job. Texas football is a tough job. It is part and governor, part football, part CEO. It's uh, it's a lot. 
It is a lot. And I, and I will say this too, Chip. I, I was when, – when Texas beat – in 2018 when they beat TCU, USC and TCU in Oklahoma, and everybody started talking about are they back, are they whatever, I really thought that was the moment. That was kind of a defining moment in the Tom Herman era. Like this is where it changes. Year one, it wasn't great. It was okay at times. It was terrible at times. But that was really kind of the moment to me. And when it didn't progress after that Oklahoma game, I think it probably took me a little too long to, to realize it wasn't progressing the way it was supposed to. Um, but those are the signs I think you look for. In year one, you're going to look for signs from Sark as to whether or not he's making this happen. And it's going to be fun. I think that's, that's why I love like this week of Big 12 Media Days because you know it's here and we get a chance to like kind of start to get into some of that stuff and have these conversations of how good can they be this year? What's, you know, what's the ceiling? And we just don't. We have no idea because it's year one with a totally new regime. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's fun. And it's going to be a fun week. And thanks for helping us preview it, Bob Ballou. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, Chip. And uh, let's do it again soon. All right. For Bob Ballou, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to the flagship podcast interview. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.